All right, major gift fundraiser here with Clark Van Deventer, helping you get the most money out of your list without ruining your current donor relationships. Buenos dias. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope you're having a great day. Hey, a Major Gifts Fundraiser, we are committed to helping you raise more money than ever before so that you can accomplish your mission in a bigger way than you've ever done it in the past. No gimmicks about it. It starts with deeper and more meaningful relationships with your donors. Deeper and more meaningful relationships than you ever thought possible. Like these people, they're going to be like, you're going to be linked. You're going to have arms linked with them because you have shared values, a shared mission, and you are in it together. It's so exciting. So we have a variety of tools, trainings, programs. Uh, I'd love to share more about those programs with you. Shoot me an email at Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. Hey, we've been talking about uh, becoming a trusted advisor to your donors. See, like there has to be a mission fit, right? Like your donors are going to give to you because there's a mission fit. You're not, you're not going to give, like you personally, you're not going to give to something that you don't believe in, right? But even among the things that you believe in, right? Like, so take something you believe in. You, you believe in, in um, animal rescues, right? Like there's still lots of animal rescues nationally, locally, globally, all kinds of different organizations that work with animals, so how do you choose which ones out of the many that are, are really a mission fit with you personally? How do you choose which one that you're going to support? It comes down to personal relationships. So there's a mission fit and then there's a personal relationship. And becoming a trusted advisor to your donors. We went through in a previous episode 10 ways of becoming a trusted advisor with your donors. Like you're more focused on your individual donors, right? Then And, the, and them as human beings then you are this notion that they are a wallet with a human being attached. And trusted advisors are good listeners, right? We all love people who listen to us, who will hear us out. Like we all love good listeners, right? So good listeners ask strategic questions, right? Like uh, we, I talk about that in my training about different strategic questions you can ask. And I have a mammoth list of strategic questions I like to ask donors in my meetings, if you're interested in seeing that list, uh, shoot me an email at Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. So I believe in listening. All right, there's a quote from Larry King that I love. He said, I remind myself every morning, nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening, right? I think about it, Larry King. You almost know nothing about Larry King. We know nothing about Larry King. What, what are his interests? What kind of music does he like? What are his favorite recreational activities? We don't know that stuff. We know things about the guests that Larry King had on his show. So um, I totally believe in listening. I, like obviously, I, I think if you've followed um, uh, me, if you've followed uh, the content of these shows, you know how important I believe it is to listen, and I, and I believe that we become a trusted advisor by listening. Um, but there does come a point, right, where we have to make our pitch. We have to we have to make our case to our supporters. Now, in any hour-long meeting, I always say that that boils down to about seven minutes, right? Because we're supposed to listen, 
We're supposed to be actively, actively listening and asking questions about 75% of the time and only talking 25% of the time. So in an hour long meeting, that's 15 minutes, but you know, you're going to spend part of that time clarifying things for the donor. You're going to spend part of that time uh, talking with the donor like about where, like when you flew in and when you're flying out. It really comes down to about seven minutes uh, in any hour long meeting where you really have an opportunity to make your pitch. So I have a whole presentation on listener types and understanding the listening preferences of your donors so that you can tailor your message to your donors. All right, but I want to I want to talk today about some traits of good storytellers. Like how do we how do we tell stories in a way that our donors can grab onto onto those stories? And and I think that in those seven minutes, right, in the limited time, once we've established ourselves as a good listener, once our donors they like us because we we've listened to them, and we, and we've built that that uh, reservoir of trust. Um, now it's time to to tell stories, right? Like true stories, obviously, right? So, uh, and our donors won't open up to us just because we'll listen, right? Like, there's a lot of people who may uh, listen to me. Uh, I could go out on the street and find maybe find someone who'd be willing to listen to me, right? But um, people have to believe that what we have to say is worth um, listening to. And, and, and before people will speak to us, they have to think that we're worth talking to. And, and I think we can begin to do that by um, crafting good stories. So once you've become a trusted advisor, the stories you tell have the potential to be powerful stories. All right. If you're not a trusted advisor, they're just stories, right? Like if you if you haven't established yourself as a trusted advisor in the life of your donor, it's just blah 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 blah. They know you like. I get it. Your job is to make your pitch. But when you've become a trusted advisor, the stories that you tell have the potential to be powerful stories. So uh, again, we have a very limited amount of time to make your pitch, and I want you to tell that. In a compelling way. Seth Godin said, uh, stories, not ideas, not features, not benefits are what spread. Stories, not ideas, not features, not benefits are what spread. Stories. So I want you to tell a story. So let's talk now about uh, the components of a great story. What makes a great story? All right. A great story, like this may sound obvious, but a great story is true. All right. And not just because it is factual right? But true because it is consistent and authentic, all right? Great stories resonate. People want to believe them to be true, all right? Like I spoke in a previous episode about how Rydell glasses, all right, blind tests reveal that Rydell glasses, stemware, people believe wine tastes better in a Rydell glass. Why? Because they want it to. So, the stories you tell people want them to be true. They need to be consistent and authentic. All right. Not just factual, consistent and authentic. All right. Great stories make a promise. All right. They, they promise fun or safety or a shortcut or a better world. All right. Like changing the world. What you're doing as you accomplish your mission. Great stories make a promise. And the promise is bold and it is audacious. Or it's just not worth listening to. All right. 
great stories are trusted. All right, like that's what makes our stories powerful. A story told by a trusted advisor is a powerful story. All right, people don't trust a beautiful woman ordering vodka. Right, like think about an ad you've seen in a magazine. Like people don't trust that woman ordering a vodka. Like she's a model, right, and she's paid by the brand to drink that vodka, right? But they'll trust you because you've taken the time to listen to them and build a relationship. Great stories are trusted. Great stories, great stories are subtle, right? Like I've talked about this before about how you don't, like you never bought a car because a salesman sold you, you sold yourself the car. Like when they were talking, you heard blah, 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 blah. When they walked away, you sold yourself the car. All right, great stories are subtle. The less you spell out, the more powerful your story becomes. Allow your donors to use their imagination to fill in the details, all right? Like someone's always likely more likely to buy when they're talking instead of when you're talking. So be subtle and let your donor fill in the details. All right, great stories, great stories happen fast. All right, they don't require fancy brochures and packets. Great stories match the worldview of the donor and sync with their expectations. All right, like you've heard the line, when the student is ready, the teacher comes. Okay, great stories happen fast. They sync with the donor's worldview and their expectations. Great stories appeal to logic, all right? But more so, more than logic, they appeal to our senses, all right? Like we overestimate our ability to logically think about the choices we make. We do, all of us do. Same thing is happening with your donors, all right? We make decisions based upon the way we feel, all right? If you want a transactional gift, appeal to logic. If you want a transformational gift, appeal to the senses. Like, we usually uh, reverse engineer our choices in a logical way. Like, we think we make logical choices, but what we really do is we make emotions based upon uh, feeling and emotion, and then we make a logical justification for the choice that we've made. Um, great stories are rarely aimed at everyone. If you water down your story to appeal to everyone, it will appeal to no one. Personalize your stories to a small group of people and then to an individual, right? So that's really what we do in our donor meetings. Like, hopefully, you, as you've thought about the mission and vision of your organization and the donors that you're trying to attract, you're not trying to appeal to the entire world. You're trying to appeal to a very small group of people who feel passionately about what you feel passionately about. And then when you go into an individual donor meeting, you are now tailor-making a story for the donor sitting in front of you. And again, that goes back to listening preferences and understanding the listening preferences of your donor. So great stories don't contradict themselves. Like, if you're a restaurant... And your restaurant is in the right location but has the wrong menu, you lose, okay? If you're an art gallery and your art gallery has beautiful art from the right artist, 
but your staff are rejects, like you lose. All right? Everything about you when you are with your donors should be consistent with what your donors perceive about the story of your organization. Okay, so I mean that goes back down to the kind of car you drive to the way you dress. Okay, it should be consistent with the way your donors view your organization. Uh, great stories agree with our worldview. All right, the best stories, the best stories don't teach people anything new. The best stories agree with what the donor already believes and makes the donor feel smart and secure when reminded how right they were in the first place, right? And, and this is true for you, right? Like the best stories, they're stories that you already agree with, they're already in line with your worldview. So don't focus on the facts of your case, tell a story, all right? Speaking respectfully to a person's worldview, like aligning with them, is the price of entry to get their attention. If your message is framed in a way that conflicts with their worldview, they, they just won't hear you. So it really comes down, as it always does, to putting the spotlight on your donor. Like you're not the star of this meeting. Your donor is the star of this meeting. And remember, fulfill wants, not needs. Okay? Like we don't... like. We don't need to save the world. We don't. <laughs> we don't need to save the world. We want to. All right. When you tell stories, appeal to wants, not needs. All right. Needs are rational. Wants are emotional. Okay. You'll be more successful helping uh, someone fulfill their want to change the world than any need to change the world. And remember, transactional gifts are given cerebrally. Transformational gifts are given visceral. If you want a, a modest gift, make that rational, logical case for support. Uh, if you want a big gift, a transformational gift, appeal to the heart. All right, big gifts are given viscerally. Okay? All right, hey, hope this has been helpful to you today. Remember, uh, I get most of the, the content for these episodes uh, by responding to uh, listeners. So if you have a topic you'd like me to address, if you have a question, uh, post a comment or just uh, shoot me an email at Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Hey, if you're interested in any of the programs that we offer, like our Major Gifts Fundraiser Masterclass, it's a 13-module program that you walk through week by week. You can even, even add a personal uh, coaching package with me to that uh, masterclass program. Uh, so the masterclass or any of our programs, uh, workshops, you can bring me into your organization for a day or two or three at a time. Uh, schedule a free uh, call with me so you can uh, find out more about how to do that at Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Just shoot me an email, right? I'm right here, right here for you. That email again is Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Hope you're having a great day. Now uh, go make some donor calls. Bye-bye.